The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love it. Rewilding. Yeah. Rewilding. So, um, yeah. So in my, in my world, so I'm a, I'm an executive coach essentially. So, uh, in my work, I've observed that if you're a human, you suffer from a chronic case of mistaken identity. And basically what I do is I help people break the habit of being their limited selves so they can access their deeper potential, which is what I what I would call the true self. You know, some people call it the, the divine self or your it's our, our essential selves, right? So and I'll be feeling the divide that exists between ourselves uh, and nature. It's our own inner nature and this artificial divide that we've created between ourselves and the world that's out there. So the natural world, other people. Um, so it's healing that because really the, the only problem we have, the only problem humanity has at large is that we've denied our essential essence, our essential selves. And when we deny it in ourselves, it creates this split and it creates a split between us and, you know, the world and, and other people. So, so that's my work. You know, my work is all about helping people heal that divide in themselves so that they can, um, access their deeper, deeper truth, deeper potential. How do, 
I want to go back to what you said at the start, the, the first line pretty much that you said about the, the human misconception. Um, can you say that again, what you said about the... Yeah, the that we all suffer from... Yeah, yeah. We all suffer from a chronic case of mistaken identity. And it, the, here's how I view the world. So uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Pierre Teilhard. He was a paleontologist. He was a Jesuit priest. He was also a mystic. And um, he said, you know, we're not, we're not physical beings having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having human experience. And we call that experience life, right? So, so that's where I start. That's baseline is we are, uh, our essential selves would be spirit or soul, you know, and we're born into a kind of captivity when we join the human experiment and we, you know, forget who we are to a certain extent, but we're born into this kind of cultural captivity and we become a product of when, where, and to whom we were born, right? Like this is where the whole hardware software analogy works out really great because you know, we're born into a society that has a, a particular operating system and we inherit ideas about who we think we should be, uh, who we think others should be, how the world works, all of those kinds of things. And early in our life, that raw, wild, essential just being, that raw awareness that is you, that exists, you know, before there was language, before there was, you know, any ideas of what you think you should be or you know, you've been taught to be all of that stuff is just, uh, you know, tamped down and covered up so that uh, you'll be a, a productive um, member of society, you know, and, you know, and that's essentially, you know, where I start um, my work. That's how I see the world whenever I talk to somebody that you are your essential self is soul and um you've simply forgotten who you are. Uh, you have this idea that you have about who you think you are and who you think others think you are. And the path to freedom is unwinding all of that stuff. Um, That's it in a nutshell. If yeah. you get your into that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could say I'm pretty well into that, that kind of thing. Uh, I dedicate a lot of my, yeah, time, right. my time to it. So, and, and uncovering it. The you mentioned before we hopped on that uh, you have people that you know in Australia that you do work with, and and one of the words that you mentioned was uh, after psychedelic experiences, um, and the psychedelic is the mm -hmm. word that um, is an interesting one because a lot of people have a have a deep deep fear. Um, I know so many people that that I speak to, um, friends, colleagues, family, and they are so reluctant to journey down that path for fear of losing their mind mm -hmm. and not being in control of <laughs> that situation, yeah. but have no qualms with drinking right. a couple of bottles of wine or, and losing part of their, their motor skills or their mind that way. But psychedelics seem to be this thing that scares the shit out of a lot of people and very misunderstood. Whereas yeah, sure. my own experience, I mean, I've, I've had quite a few experiences, or I shouldn't say few, a lot of experiences over the years. And uh, 
every one of them I have found to be of enormous benefit for myself. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it was easy because (laughs) they can be extremely challenging. Um, But I always come back, so to speak, uh, with, 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 with either less in my baggage that I've carted around since childhood or since birth, so I feel freer. And at the same time, or in different times, I feel like I've actually uh, learned more about my true self. Um, it's it's like nearly like a replacement yeah. of the old with with <laughs> with the ancient, so to speak. So um, so talk to us about psychedelics and why your perception of them as a tool or as a um, a tool for good, or perhaps maybe not. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so the word psychedelic itself is two different words, right? It's psyche and delos, which means uh, it's either um, it's either mind revealing, so psyche, right? So Greek psyche revealing, or soul revealing, um, and so they've been used for thousands and thousands of years. And in fact, uh, you know, Michael Pollan wrote a wonderful book called How to Change Your Mind that came out a few years ago that was all about, you know, the science of consciousness research and the science behind psychedelics. And, you know, he goes pretty deep into uh, the genesis, really, of of how psychedelic-assisted therapy really was the, um, that was psychiatry back in the 40s and 50s and 60s before the war on drugs, Nixon's war on drugs. and, uh, you know, it, it was used so successfully, you know, things specifically things like LSD to treat drug resistant depression that, um, you know, Rick Doblin, who, who now runs MAPS, uh, he, he got FDA approval, he got government approval to run uh, MDMA, MDMA trials um, specifically to address drug resistant uh, depression and PTSD and soldiers coming home from war because soldiers would come home from war, I mean, really wrecked. And the, the stat that I saw was they were on average taking something like 14 or 15 different medications. And so you had a lot of people coming home with a lot of trauma, uh, taking uh, a lot more medications. And at the same time, suicide rates were going up, which, you know, it shouldn't be the case of pharmaceuticals worked in traditional way of, of, of treating uh, treating folks worked. And so they started um, started using MDMA and Johns Hopkins University started uh, psilocybin trials. NYU was doing trials. USC was doing trials, all you know, FDA approved. And, um, and they began to, it, it was granted breakthrough status. Uh, this was maybe just a couple of years ago, I think, two or three years ago. And what they're finding is that what what some of these substances do used in a proper setting, set and setting, right. In conjunction with somebody who really knows how to guide people through, um, dealing with their stuff is exponentially more, um, productive and fruitful and produces more durable, uh, transformation than all other modalities combined. 
So these are people who stand uh, a depression, who were suicidal, and who, after only a couple of sessions, um, six months later, no longer even qualified to be clinically depressed. And those transformations, uh, that positive change in their life was durable six, 12, 18 months later. So, you know, I understand the, the fears that, that people have around it, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the, the outer circle of that world. Typically people come to me after they've had some kind of therapeutic use with psychedelics. Um, I've worked with Silicon Valley founders. I work with, you know, people who run really big corporations in America who are some of the um, saddest people you've ever met. You know, they want to be anyone other than themselves. And, and so they seek out these, these uh, experiences and, you know, uh, psychedelic assisted therapies to help them deal with those things. So you have really, you know, legitimate legal use uh, through the, the FDA trials at MAPS and, you know, Johns Hopkins. And then you have people who are seeking them out on their own uh, because of the, the deep results and the durable results that they get. So, I mean, I've had, I, you know, like you have had uh, my own personal experiences with them. And I can say without a doubt uh, of the top five most profound experiences of my life, four of those were, um, were plant medicine slash psychedelic related. So I, I've seen nothing else that, that really creates that, that type of transformation in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I found it interesting what you just said there about people that outwardly seem successful and dislike themselves. And, and it's interesting because over the years, um, I hosted a, a very popular TV show over here in Australia. It was one of the, the number one show on free-to-air network. And countless interviews. You have to do interviews because that's part of the contract. You know, so like, I, I want to do interviews, but I'd be doing interviews constantly. Right. One of the one of the things that always arose was, you know, you, you're very successful. You're number one selling author. You're on the number one show. You're number one this, blah 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 blah. And I said, well, how do you define success? How do mm -hmm. you define success? Because that doesn't really seem like it's it's. Um, a great barometer of what success should be, you know, having being on a number one show or being famous or, or selling more books than anybody else, you know, that seems sort of a little superficial um, in my definition of what success is, you know, for me, success is being healthy, uh, being able to feel, being able to uh, manifest uh, my dreams into reality and being able to love and connect and have deep conversations and and explore yeah. more explore more of the universe internal and external i really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast if you'd like to listen to the rest please visit evolvenetwork.tv that's evolvenetwork.tv we'll see you there the information views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. 
Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.